netcasting from Chicago, Los Angeles, and Sydney. You're listening to this week's FX Podcast from FXGuide.com. Thanks for taking the time to download our podcast today. I'm John Montgomery. This week's FX Podcast is taking a look at virtual reality. Now, a couple weeks ago, uh, we published a story called The State of VR. It was written by Mike Seymour, where he basically gave a State of the Union regarding virtual reality, covering it from a content creation standpoint, as well as hardware, you know, covering things like the new headsets that have been announced this year, things like the HTC Vive or the new updated Samsung Gear VR, which supports their newer phones that are coming out. He also dives a lot into the various content that's out there. And some of the most interesting content is being done by Framestore. So this week, Mike's going to be chatting with Mike Woods, and he's founder of the digital department, as well as Framestore's dedicated VR studio. So Mike has a really great insight into the industry, as well from both a hardware and a content creation standpoint. And Framestore has done some really great projects, including uh, their Game of Thrones experience. So let's go ahead and cross that conversation now. This is Mike Seymour speaking with Mike Woods. Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Pleasure. And I think I'm right in saying you've called this kind of ground zero or year zero for VR. Um, how, do you, how do you see that interest translating into sort of uh, an industry, as it were, moving forward? Is, is it too early to even understand how this is going to work? Or do you, do you sort of have a good feeling for how the next few years will play out? I think it is a bit too early. Um, we're not feeling in any great pressure or rush to, to work out what's going to happen. I think there's a very real consequence at play here of what the internet did for marketing and advertising and entertainment in that you know, strategists and theorists would, would be able to pop up and, and mark best case uses for new bits of technology almost instantly and see how they could fit a client or a brand or an IP holder. I mean, that, that kind of stuff was a very real reaction to what happened with the, the previous 20 years of, of internet. So I think there's a natural expectation in some quarters that we should all know exactly what to do with virtual reality already when, when really we all know, particularly us that have been working in it nonstop for, for 18 months now, it's not going to be the case. We need, a, we, need a long, we need a long period of breathing space to really start hitting our stride in terms of exactly what this means in terms of a, a new genre or new ways of telling stories or new uses beyond just traditional entertainment ones. I mean, there's just there's so much to it. And we always tell the story that, that for us, when we first got into this world, we were expecting significant technical hurdles and that, the, you know, in, in we already had, you know, my team was already responsible for game engine content within Framestore. So we'd already had, you know, a real-time rendering department completely plugged into the to the framework of Framestore and working really well. But, you know, there were still, still significant things that needed to be addressed to make it work within VR. And we thought that was going to be the, the hill to climb. But the the amazing thing that we found since starting is that that's not the hill to climb and the hill to climb is the craft and that what makes people feel sick and what feels pleasant and what works and what doesn't and that everything we'd previously thought we could bring in that we'd learned from film world slowly but surely just erodes away because it doesn't really work and then you know just 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 everything from from how console games have been made for the last 15 years the ones that have veered off into true sort of storytelling territory and then some some directors that, that use immersion tricks to really pull you into a story. I mean, all of these converging ideas still don't really show us how to use it best at this moment, which is why, you know, we, there, there are, I can point you out a selection of demos that we think are brilliant and well worth your time doing, 
but there's still no iconic VR piece. There's still nothing that you'd say, that's it, that's it. That's what VR is going to be like in, in five years' time. I've seen it. There isn't one of those out there yet. Yeah, let's discuss that for a second because um, obviously you've already published and written about uh, that idea of it being a new language. And I think that's a concept certainly that our listeners would be comfortable with, that you know it's, it needs its own language and stuff. So so let's discuss some specifics there to avoid you having to go over all the same ground you've gone over before. Yeah, no, don't worry. It's fine. I'm quite used to it. Don't worry. Yeah. So, so let me be uh, slightly uh, argumentative and just sort of ask you these questions. It seems to me that a lot of the VR stuff at the moment is uh, environment immersive, which is great, except for the fact that yeah. I much prefer to watch a film with somebody in it um, and people and uh, and especially faces. That's what, you know, attracts me. That's what we film in live action. Uh, when Framestore is doing uh, a feature film, you know, I can guarantee you there's going to be like a zillion close-ups no matter what the subject matter is from from gravity yeah. to whatever. So, so how are we placed, do you think, in VR? Because it does feel, don't you agree, that a lot of stuff tends to be, get me to an environment and I'll experience it. But it's almost a, a peopleless landscape of uh, kind of interest, but not necessarily yeah. of, of storytelling. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's transformative. It takes you places. It gets you to places that, that you've never been to before. And that, perhaps that turns out to be its, its primary usage. Perhaps the, the attempts that, you know, it, it, people will inevitably bring cinema into it thinking it's it's a it's a wider form of IMAX and you could make a good argument that it might excel at that but the trouble with filling your entire peripheral vision and going to actually your entire 360 vision and going to great lengths technically to make it feel like you're there then if you're in a room then why on earth would just all this action just play out around you and ignore you so it's it's a there's, there's so many things that seem like they should work that just don't work so it's it's the 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 obvious things you bring to first thinking about VR as a thing will always pull in existing media. You can't help yourself from from doing that. It's just a natural thing to do. But you know the the jury's still out on on whether it will be a a, a device for cinema and storytelling. It's it's incredibly hard, particularly with the technical drawbacks we have at the moment. I mean, most of these experiences tend to be environmental explorations purely because. You know, you can make the environmental explorations look really good. And then yeah. Whereas putting in putting a body on you, or having humans being there, obviously if you shoot that with a 360 3D camera, then what you've shot is in the bag. So you can't interact because it's video. It's done. Someone can just talk at you. So is that you know why are you there then if you can't respond to them? So well, great. You do it in a game engine where you can respond, and we could program some AI, or we could do more interactive things. But of course, game engines don't allow you the same level of fidelity that post-rendered film effects do so you i can't i can't get you know gaming characters to look absolutely photoreal just yet it's close but it's not there and then you're into uncanny valley weirdness and it, it's and then if you do get a budget to go for extraordinary lengths with uncanny valley for for a human interaction side you know where how is the budget justified how many eyeballs can you get on that experience when there's nowhere for it to really live yet or not enough headsets out there to justify the money so we're in this kind of early early holding pattern i would say until either there are more established platforms where more people can see it and, and, and a lot of different domestic headsets available in stores with with you know machines powerful enough within a lot of people's houses to to run them and then i think things might significantly ramp because it's just uh, we're seeing a, a hell of a lot of investment in hardware and software as we're seeing at gdc this week with more headsets being announced we're not seeing a whole lot of investment in the content side, and that's what really needs to happen if uh, if this is going to stand a chance. 
Yeah, one of the areas that seems ripe for potential, I'd love your opinion on, it seems to me like a perfect fit of budget, business, economic sense, and and quite frankly, the skill set of Framestore is an immersive trailer. I mean, it's a short experience. It's got a marketing budget to promote it. It makes sense that I would want to download it. And quite often, I would like to explore an environment because, um, you know, if you put me on... uh, And now you've done that not as so much as a trailer, but the gravity kind of uh, um, nature of uh, the stuff that that Framestore has done in the past, the stuff that you did with Game of Thrones. Like, these aren't specifically trailers, but they are, of course... um, Terribly immersive. They're marketing tools. They're, they're, yeah, they're, yeah they're, 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 they're with a mind to get people's attention on something that's coming. So they are trailers in a way. I mean, our Interstellar experience Interstellar, came so out was, before the film gravity, was out. Yeah. Sorry, I meant, I meant Interstellar. Yeah, and then obviously uh, Game of Thrones again. That that came out to promote season four of Game of Thrones. And then, you know, we did a we did a thing for for Marvel for the Avengers for Gear VR as well. But you know, it, that it that's 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 a brilliant way for us to learn our craft and it pays the bills and we're getting better and better at what we do and we're learning what works and what doesn't work. But we're all still hopeful that, you know, this isn't seen as just, you know, 360 degree stuff isn't just a vehicle, a marketing vehicle for cinema. You know, we we want it to be a companion piece and then eventually overtake and flourish in its own right. I mean, that's the, that's the long game that we're all, we're all, we're all aiming for. But there is this move to transmedia where the story could continue in different areas. It's not a repeat. It's not just a, yeah. like a trailer where it's recut. And, and, and obviously being able to explore a world is a shining example of that. Um, yeah. And, and you know what? The, it's that, that works to a degree, but it's never worked as much as we think it has in that the DVD extras are great. And the, I, can, I can remember with Prometheus, just some sensational f- film footage featuring David put out in advance of the film, you know, as part of the marketing budget that you could say was a, an extension of the ecosystem of the film. But actually, you know, you could argue that the internet's been criminally underused as a, as a way of, you know, showing wider parts of the world of, of the films that are released. I mean, that, you know, that's, there's been that platform there for a long time that would, would encourage interactivity in different ways of, of interacting with a, with a world and a story that, that a film company want to put out. But, you know, we don't, we haven't seen a, enormous amount we, we see a lot of companion sites and other things we've never we've, we've never seen too many really you know narrative focused immersive things existing online to partner with films yeah the interstellar experience and uh and game of thrones were in a sense a bit like a uh a theme park ride and that they didn't exist so much as a world that you could go and download and look at at home so much as they were a world that you would experience at a at a cinema, at a trade show, at a at an event, um, yeah. and that presumably is a reflection of just the number of headsets out there, right? Like, I mean, the the kind of yeah. I mean, there's there's obviously it's it's good for the mystique of something, but to be honest, with both of those experiences, the the only way that we could we could power them to a visual level that we wanted was by using insane hardware, which right. can often mean you know a graphics card that would be more expensive than anyone would ever spend on a machine in their own homes anyway. So. You know that that it was more out of necessity that even though once we we built experiences like Interstellar or Game of Thrones, that they're practically unusable to to 99.9% of the rest of the world. Even if we did put them up online somewhere, what what would happen if people tried to download them and use their Oculus Dev Kit with their home PC would be that the the frame rate would run so badly and slowly because the the assets are so large and you know it, it would it, no one no one would see it in its glory. No one would see it at a true sort of 75 frames per second as, as we 
wanted it to be seen. So would we understand? We saw the price points of the machines we had to we had to build to to make those things run smoothly, and that's that's out of reach for 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 home consumers just at the moment. It seems like the Samsung solution uh, with the headgear is a good sort of general direction because you get a lot of compute power from the phone and a lot of technology yeah, that's developed at a price because it's on a volume. Um, yeah. It just seems like a good uh, option. And also the incremental cost, if I already have the phone, is so much less. But can you talk to me just about the general market of headsets at the moment? Do we feel like... Because you, you operate at the higher end. I mean, clearly... You know, one of the more professional outfits in the world. So you want the better performance and you want that experience, but you are fitting in with the technology that people have to view this. How, how... Uh, yeah, I mean, we're, but we we love that too. I mean, that's that's you know, we've we've delivered Google Cardboard projects, we've delivered Gear VR projects. I mean, that that the the it, it's 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 actually a lot of fun to switch from giant GPU enabled machines through to you know smartphones that we all carry around every day. And I think that's where. Where sort of pre-rendered linear 360 3D video comes in, in that you know you can you could stylize gameplay and interactivity in a game engine on a on a high-end smartphone like the Note 4 for the Gear VR, but ultimately there's only a certain level visually you can get to. Whereas if you render it as video, then you can you know you can you've got live action in there. I mean we we worked on a couple of projects with with live action elements that that are playing off smartphones and they look glorious and gorgeous, but obviously there's no there's no actual interactivity because you're just watching linear playback video of a finite time but they could still look sensational i mean that that whole ability to use live action cameras to to make 3d 360 i mean that that is that is incredibly difficult and time consuming and and um you know a huge render ask as well to get all that right but when you when you do it right it's it's hugely effective but of course it's it's allowing an experience to wash over you you're not going to have any kind of interactive say over it but you know they're, they're the experiences that we've done for for, for the smartphone headsets already but for us it's just the, the the thrill of knowing that people can go and buy them and use them that's the great democratizing thing about cardboard is that that you know everyone can be having yeah. having sort of immersive experiences is there a mid-ground at all that uh light field technology gives you of rendering like incredibly photorealistic stuff but in such a way as to still allow a level of interactivity yeah yeah there is i mean that that's something that we're playing around with at the moment i mean ren- you know rendering layers of content and separating them within engine so that you know it's rendered video but it's separated so you can get a sense of parallax you know that's something that we've we've played with already you know playing back video inside an engine which is a a nice combination of allowing some elements of interactivity across something that looks as good as a film we've we've played with as well uh photogrammetry light field all these things you know they're all they're all there and, and, and available to us but i just think there's a Again, what you were saying about us being frame store and us being so entrenched in game engine for so long now is that that that's what we're really striving for because you know you can you can cheat a lot of things a lot of ways but 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 yeah you're right you know we're the, we're 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 a high end company so that the fun for us is that that holy grail rush for us is is you know like we did for Merrill at the Sundance Film Festival you know the fully walk around motion tracked motion captured holodeck style. VR experiences, pushing photorealism as, as as best we possibly can with the tools available to us. You know, that's where our heart probably lies. That's that's the that's the thing that really feels like we're 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 truly breaking new ground and doing really exciting work. And running the clock forward, how key is the notion of being able to connect in that VR world? Because at the moment, you know, I've 
used systems where I've got hand gloves on. Um, you know, there are systems obviously that uh, use a, like structure scanner to try and work out where your hands are. So it's you can actually have some presence. And it's great using a virtual, you know, desk and a virtual control panel when you've got a piece of Perspex in front of you and you've got some data gloves on. But again, not not free tech, but by the same token, I'm just looking down the road. Um, I, I, the other thing I really want to do is have somebody else in there with me that I can interact with because yeah, it's more fun. Um, I mean, that's still a way off, but it would seem to be a yeah. very key part of the technology down the down the road. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a hugely important part. I mean, you could argue that you going on holiday on your own to view some some beautiful temples in Bali from where you are now, you could you could go and do that, but you'd have a lot more fun going with your friends. I mean that's the kind of that's where we're at, isn't it? It's a it it's a it's a very personal thing at the moment, whereas, you know, augmented reality headsets are hot on the heels of the virtual ones. And then perhaps, you know, being able to see your friends in a room and share a, a an augmented experience might be the answer there. I mean it's just it's so early with all of these things. I mean, you know, there are there are bits of technology out there already that hint at covering off every possible use we could ever imagine for, for headset entertainment or, or utility. So, I mean, that's, that's the exciting thing. But, Mike, you're a key player in the industry. So, it's, it, I mean, we'd be interested in your opinion. I mean, what is your – because I was going to ask you that next. Like, what's your bet on augmented reality as the kind of next step? Is it a, is it a sidestep or is it a logical next step? I think it's a logical next step because why, why, why go to the, to the efforts of, of personally rendering your own – living room environment or all of your friends when you could just see through and, and see them and whether that's a, a, a VR variant that allows in a camera or whether or not that's an AR variant that overlays an image. I mean, they're all, they're all eventually going to come to the, to, the, to the same space, but actually, obviously, the, the technology currently available to enable either one of them is, uh, is, is, is only available to enable either one of them. So it's, uh, it's, it, it's it almost, but I think the longer we spend in it, as in the world and thinking about the possibilities of it, the sort of the, the further we are away from any drastic conclusions, just because it's, it's, a, it's impossible guesswork at this day. I mean, one thing I do know is that when, it, when it's done amazingly and it's super slick and super smooth, it's so transformative and mind-blowing that, that people come out with expressions on their faces like you can't, you know, you could do Space Mountain or you could see gravity at IMAX or you could get on the back of a motorbike that goes at 140 miles an hour and you'd, you'd see reactions of people coming off the back of that but all of those other examples are kind of limited to where they are whereas VR kind of feels like it's it's totally unlimited at, at this stage and I just think we're probably if we have this conversation again in in, in two years time I'll probably be a lot braver about saying I think I can see you know the, the dust is settling you know augmented reality is a utility and, and virtual reality is entertainment perhaps but that could be i might get that completely wrong by saying that now i mean who knows yeah it is interesting isn't it like a new technology gets added to the mix i mean the first time i used a head tracking and there was something in front of me and i could literally look around it it just felt so natural and so much like wires and everything been like this up until now <laughs> um but by the same token how do you answer critics that say well this is just the next shiny thing and it's going to be uh you know hot for three years and then everyone's going to you know get bored with it and move on well, I mean, I just, I just, I just don't believe them and walk away. I mean, they just, you, you know, from spending enough time in it that it's not that. I mean, it's, it's, if if it dies again this time, like it's died again before, then it won't be because it's amazing. You know, because it is amazing. It was probably if more people had seen Nintendo Boy in the in the nineties, then you know, it would have been, it would have been more widely seen. But I just think there's a, there's a kind of inevitability this time in that 
when 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 money like Facebook has pumped into Oculus happens, I just can't see it failing this time. You know, the reasons it's failed before has been, you know, for for reasons of getting out to as many people as possible and content and you know just just affordability. Whereas I think this time all of those boxes are ticked. Perhaps not the content one. We need to we need to concentrate more on that. So there's enough great content out there, but it, it just there's inevitability this time that perhaps wasn't there before that that people want that sort of stuff and that you know even even though if you, if you sort of narrow yourself into the silo of entertainment because that's the thing that that dawns on us is that this is so this is this has massive implications for everybody from from people that build houses for people that educate hospitals to people that you know just just any any form of education that that the entertainment silo is just one thing but if we can see what's happened over the last 50 years which is tiny black and white tv set slightly bigger black and white tv set slightly bigger color tv set giant flat screen tv set bigger cinemas imax cinemas gravity with with a 12 minute opening shot in 3d in an imax cinema i mean it's just we're all heading one way aren't we and that's the inevitable sort of end point of that is is 360 degrees in 3d and and yet the the task that's facing you in the short term as or the industry in the short term is the tipping point that there are enough headsets out there that it's worth spending the money on the content and I want to spend money on a headset because there's content out there that I want. And yeah. and it's not an impossible problem, but it is very much one of those classic, um, we need to make sure the momentum continues or one doesn't feed the other. Yeah, it's a big problem. It's a big problem. I think I think that the, the, you know, companies like us, can move quite quickly to put content out quite quickly, whereas the the games world, they can't they can't move as quickly. It takes it takes longer to make a a, a a game, and I think that's what you'll start to see over the coming months is that you know the gamers that have had the the development kits for a year now, seriously good games will start to emerge over the next six months, I'd imagine, and then you probably got lift off. You know that's that's the one one area of entertainment that, that can pick this up and run with it and give it a give it a solid head start whilst the, the, the filmic exploration and the IP and entertainment and other markets can kind of play with it too. But I, I'd expect that, that you know the focus on, on gaming to be the thing that gets this into 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 happening this time just because we appreciate it's taking them longer to, to get up and running to make content for it. But we understand why that is. Let me ask you this about the industry. If somebody's listening to this and is interested in getting involved on your side of the fence, how how much uh, demand is there for people with skills right now, and can you meet that demand, or is it still such a small industry that you know it's not as if you're exactly uh, impoverished for people because so many people are in no, related it's areas? It is. I mean, it's it's, it's really hard. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, the, as far as you know, top um, visual effects talent. So it's actually making making the actual imagery itself. You know, there's there's we've got we've got over 900 employees at Framestore, so you know we, there's there's no shortage of that. We, we're not we don't have any problems there. The resources here are just an absolute luxury, just insane amounts of extremely talented people. But the problem we do have is when it comes to the to the programming of the engines, is that the to get to get sort of C++ programming wizards and encourage them away from the gaming industry to come and effectively join a a smaller Sort of startup mentality unit within a visual effects house. That's a harder ask. So there's, you know, finding the finding the development candidates is the thing that that we we really struggled with. And even though we've got an amazing team now capable of doing a lot of projects at once, 
we've still got loads of openings for those for those roles. I mean, they're, they're, that's where we really want to be crewing faster is that getting those guys that have a sense of of the game's world where they understand what makes things intuitive and they know how to program, you know, the game engines that we use. And these are sort of gaming, programming gamers, level designers, engine programmers. These are all sort of gaming people, but we want them to have a real feel for the aesthetics of, uh, of higher-end film-rendered pipelines and also just have an understanding of, of what 360 might become, sort of glass-half-full people that, that are willing to, to, to take a punt on doing something a bit different. All of those... You know that's a lot of that's a lot of uh, boxes to tick there, and that's that's the that's certainly the hardest individuals to find. How do you feel the game companies are going in terms of their engines? I mean, there's a lot of competition. Um, Autodesk is entering the fray, but there's you know the the big players. Yep. Um, how do you how do you? I mean, presumably you are not. Oh, or are you? Are you tied to one particular engine, or are you agnostic? We're we're pretty agnostic, to be honest. We've got we've got great relationships with both Unity and Unreal, but I mean for the for the Currently, for the bigger, more immersive stuff, we're we're using Unreal 4. For the mobile stuff, we're using Unity. But then I could start a mobile job tomorrow using Unreal, and I could be doing a big immersive job using Unity. It depends what what strengths we need to hit or, or what we need to do. I mean, both of those engines are now fully written into our pipeline, so that you know that's the hard bit. That's the bit that's time-consuming and takes ages. Is to to work up a kind of internal project management system, which means all of the the artist talent don't have to change the way they work, and that, that where we where we fit these engines into the into the pipeline is something that feels natural and a good fit to how Framestore works. And obviously, having good relationships with both those companies really helps us. But we're you know we're, we're more than aware that there are there are other engines out there that we could we could be looking at and we could we could get to at some point. But it's great being able to to, to pick and choose. Yeah, it does. I mean, it seems to be in sync with what they want to do, um, and. Obviously, the, their engines are got that uh, appropriateness to take it beyond games. In other words, there's lots of other things we can do with a games engine other than games, oh, yeah. and and yeah. VR is a terrific vehicle for providing that through. In terms of global stuff, because uh, the company uh, FrameStore is you know across the globe, do, is there a concentration that you would say is different between what's happening in Europe and what's happening in America? Is it all happening in the states? Is it all happening on the east coast or the west coast? Where, where's it sort of the vibe happening? I mean that, that that's where I think the internet has changed everything. In that, that perhaps you know, 15 years ago that would have been a, a thing, but it's really not a thing now. I mean, we are we are the whole company set up to do anything from any office, pretty much. I mean, Montreal is the is the office that really is just dedicated to film. That's that's a film project office. But London, New York, and LA uh, are all are all capable of of crewing up and working across any kind of platform. And I know that sounds like a that sounds like a classic sort of marketing line, but it's actually true. We, we, you know, we've delivered VR jobs in London, in New York, in LA. You know that we we can do that. We can do that already. The kind of the, the way it's set up now is that if a pipeline's built for a certain way of working in one office, it's it's built for all. So it is more about geographic location of clients, and sometimes clients don't even need to come into an office because as soon as we set up a client in their house with a with a setup and a headset, and we can be updating an engine remotely, then we don't need to see them. We can do it over a conference call or anything else. So that's just not—it's just not really an issue anymore. I mean, just—it's—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's just the future, I think. And I think we, that's not just VR. That's for pretty much outside of Montreal just being filmed, like I said. I mean, that's any other thing that Framestore could get involved in. We can get involved in from anywhere on the world now. Yeah. Well, look. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to us. And I—I uh, I know that you're having a lot of demands in in every direction. But of course, that educational. 
uh, aspect is also a really key point at this point in the yeah, uh, proceedings. So we do appreciate you taking time to talk about us and, uh, and thanks so much. Oh, no, thank you. That's great. Thanks very much. Well, thanks, guys, for that. And thanks, Mike, for taking the time to chat with our Mike. Really appreciate it. Uh, coming up uh, this weekend, for those of you who are in the Los Angeles area, on Sunday, March 22nd, uh, the VRLA Spring Expo is taking place. And this is really a great event that's grown over the years as VR is catching on. Uh, there are over 50 exhibitors there, as well as uh, different people talking at the event. It's a really great event. We've been to several of them in the past. So if you want to sign up, head on over to www.virtualrealityla.com. Uh, there are still tickets available, and I will see you there. Well, that's it for this week. I really appreciate you guys taking the time and gals taking the time to download and listen to the podcast. Uh, for my business partners and friends, Jeff Huser and Mike Seymour, thanks for listening. Please let us know if you have any suggestions for stories or future podcasts. You can reach us by clicking the Contact Us link at the top of the homepage. This podcast is copyright FX Guide LLC. Broadcast or redistribution is prohibited without the expressed written consent of FX Guide.